Hello and welcome to Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D podcast. I am the aforementioned Bedlam, DM of this actual play D&D podcast. This podcast picks up our story midway through our current campaign, and while there is a brief recap of the previous session following the player introductions, a more thorough summary of the events that have transpired will soon be available. As is the nature of stories involving good versus evil, our arc has brought us to some darker aspects of things, sometimes amplified by the fantastical setting. Some of the situations portrayed may be too intense for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you enjoy listening to our story as much as we enjoyed creating it. Will I be Grom the Toothy? And I'm from a tribe up north called the Bone Splitters. I moved south when my family was killed by a large beast. Since I've moved south, I've met up with this band of ragtag hooligans that have taken me in and I consider my family. I'd gladly fight and die for them, but that'd be the story of Grom. My name is Peyton. I am playing Mirmolnir, the Amethyst Dragonborn monk. My clan and I follow the way of the shadow that lived a quiet life underground, all in service to our god, Quisodros. I am on a personal quest to retrieve a stolen artifact and avenge the deaths of those that lost their lives attempting to protect it. And in that quest, I have found a group of people that even though are different from me in many ways, make me feel like I belong. Something I haven't felt in a long time. Hi, I'm Carrie. I play a fighter with amnesia named Tylalore. When I woke up here in the city back in Iden Falls, my only memories were that of time spent in the uh, recently ended Ten Years' War in the southern land of Latresia. Recently, I've been experiencing memories from two different perspectives, those of Tylalore, a soldier, and those of her general, Gwendolyn, who led the campaign of the war. I am currently married to Grom the Toothy, and together with the rest of the group, we're on a path to fight the various injustices we've encountered. Hello, I am Mark. Previous sessions, you will have heard me playing Latgain with my actual voice, but I want to try to bring him more to life, so I will play Latgain with this voice. Hopefully this has not caused too much confusion for you. And please enjoy Latgain, a blue-skinned dragonborn wizard from a place called Konor Orothia. Unfortunately, a catastrophic event took place during an attack on my village, which caused me to end up in a place far in time. It is now named Lorothia in nearly 600 years in the future. I journeyed to Akram Falls to seek out the knowledge of time and space that will return me to the time that I once knew. Having next to nothing, I joined with my current group, but understanding that my search for knowledge will take quite a bit of time, I decided to stay and help them pursue their immediate goals. Last time, after freeing several people who had fallen victim to a human trafficking ring, the group proceeded with the intent to liberate what goods they could from Ezekiel's exotic eccentricities. Upon their return to the store proper, however, they discovered that their exploits had been found out, whether by magical means or simply the obvious nature of victims fleeing the establishment. As they prepared to vacate the premises, they discovered that a large group of presumably Mukal's enforcers had gathered and were demanding that the party show themselves, or else a recaptured commodity would pay the price. 
The group prepared to go down fighting, but at the last second, the necessity of combat was abruptly removed by the arrival of the Advarician search party known as the Emerald Vengeance. The four elves quickly and efficiently dispatched the threat, and everyone agreed to reconvene within the safety of the Siren. The bulk of the group traveled with a cautious haste to the Siren, while Grom hung back to harry and deceive any pursuers. The group made it to relative safety with only minimal difficulty, and Grom was able to lose those chasing him and return safely as well. However, just before Grom returned, the seemingly ever-present assassin that had been shadowing them showed herself and informed them that their bounties would be significantly higher the following day and bid them a good evening. Once relatively settled, they sat down with the Emerald Vengeance and exchanged information. After letting them know what they knew about the missing elven prince Aerol and the recently deceased princess Shira, they learned that the royalty's cousin Saphiel had landed herself in the city's prison after allegedly assaulting the spires. Having learned the party's perspective, one member of the Emerald Vengeance departed to potentially infiltrate the Maw and discover the truth behind Saphiel's incarceration. As the evening wound down, another member offered to place some warding magic on the party's room for the night. Eventually, everyone retired for the evening, save Mirmolnir, who, after making sure the child Nurma was settled, returned to the common room to continue to socialize with the remaining three members of the Emerald Vengeance. We will pick up there in the morning. Tylor, you are awakened by a sharp tapping on your shoulder. You open your eyes and you see Nurma about six inches from your face and she says, Where's Murray? That's a great question. Last I knew, he was downstairs drinking with the other elves. Well, it's morning now. Hey, why don't we poke about and find him there, little one? Yes, I think that's what we should do. Uh, we're going to start out with a perception roll from Tylalore and Latgain, if you are waking up as well. 20. Uh, 16. You both uh, look at Grom, and you notice something sticks out to you this morning. Uh, his eyes are completely black. Um, are you feeling okay, my love? Do I feel okay? Um, you do. You feel okay, uh, and even then in the... The lighting of the room, it's uh, it feels a little bit different to you. The curtains are drawn, and so the, the lighting is a bit dim, but it just seems that uh, the dimness is not affecting you at all. This is, uh, you can see quite clearly in this dim, dim room. I am red as rain, love. It's nice to have a bit of sleep. I feel refreshed. Tyler Lore, with also with a 20 on your perception, you see a tattoo right about here on the clavicle area is a tattoo of a skull with black eyes that you hadn't necessarily noticed before. Seems you've had some changes through the night. Hey, what do you mean by that, love? Well, your eyes are now black, and you have some new body art there on your chest. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Let me look for a piece of polished metal. If you're looking for a mirror, there's a, a full standing mirror right in the room there. Go cruise over to that and take a look. What in the hells? Look at the tattoo. Hey, that's not my art. Does it feel like fresh wound? Does it feel like tattooed in? It, it feels like, like like a tattoo. You run your hand over it, but it feels like a, a completely healed tattoo. Uh, what kind of witchcraft is this? Do you feel anybody coming in here at night? As far as I know, I slept like a rock. I heard nothing. Uh, what was our sleeping arrangement? Everybody was in the one room? I was curled up with on the bed with Nurma. I think she pulled in some cots for everybody else, like two cots. So, yeah, you're on a cot. You look over to the cot that you had originally set aside for 
Murray to take a clear path to, and it is empty. While taking a second and poking and prodding my eyes in the area around the new tattoo. Let gain. Do you know anything about something like this? No, my friend. I did. I knew nothing about this. This is a very strange. If you do not know, this is not common for your people. I see that you change your form when you were in the combat. Is this something to do with that? I know. I'm afraid not. Well, again, if you wanted to roll a knowledge arcana on that, you can. Are you sure can? There's got to be something in those books of yours. 17. The 17, it might occur to you, uh, you recall Grom hastily throwing a skull with black gems for eyes in the bag in your haste to loot Ezekiel's exotic eccentricities. You know that uh, there are many magic things out there, and a lot of them have effects that uh, could be considered unpredictable. Mm, perhaps. Do you remember the, the skull that you grabbed and threw into your little sack there? Oh, yeah. It does look quite familiar to this tattoo you have. Oh, Maybe interesting. I'm going to dig in my pack for the skull. Roll investigation. Nat 20. You are certain that it is not in there. Well, ain't that some shit? Any idea or any way to possibly tell what this thing is doing to me? I'll be honest, my sight seems, uh, seems to be handling this dim light a little better, a little keener. But they're all black. Aye, that's more than a little unsettling. You hear a noise from across the room of a and you look over and Nurma has opened the curtains to the window. And Nurma opens the curtain uh, and lets in a little bit more daylight. And it doesn't necessarily accost you, but it makes you squint a little bit, even in the overcast light. You think that if that was any brighter, that might be a problem. Hey, they're more sensitive for sure. Well, I guess what's done is done. We've got too many other things to think of at the moment. Yes, like where's Murray? Well, here, be real quiet for a second. Everybody just strain your ears for the sound of eating. Do I hear any eating? <laughs> <laughs> we are in a bar type facility. We're likely to hear eating regardless. 13. Like, I want to look for big sloppy eating. Like, you don't hear any eating, but you do hear. And you look at Nurma, and she holds her, her tummy and says, What? I'm hungry. Well, I suppose we better do something about that before I get bit. I'm going to stroll to the door and finish gathering my stuff and crack the door open and take a peek for my big amethyst friend. All right. Yep. You open the door. You look out onto the balcony area. It sounds pretty quiet. It's about not quite mid-morning. You guys did stay up pretty late. You see one of the elven members of the Emerald Vengeance, Tim Naeth, the one has the hawk companion sitting over across the way. He's thumbing through a book, kind of seemingly minding his own business. He sees you poke your head out the door and says, Morning. Hey, morning. Have you seen my big amethyst buddy? Mm, not since last night. Hmm. Any idea where he ran off to last night? Yeah, can't really say. Wasn't my night to watch him. I just guess I kind of imagine that there's not much you don't watch. Let me step back into the room. It looks like we'll have to go on a bit of an adventure to find Murray this morning. Why would he wander off when we're already dealing with so much trouble? Well, I can't say I know that, doll. But I can say that I'm hungry. Fair. Me too. Why don't we head on out and get some breakfast and make a plan for what to do for the day? Are you coming, Latgain? That sounds good, yes. All right, Nerma. I suppose you're rolling with us. Are we going to get food? 
Yes. And then Marie? Well, hopefully. hopefully so. But you probably won't be joining us for that. Hmm. But first, let's deal with that, Tommy. As you approach the uh, common room there, it's, uh, it is pretty quiet. Like I said, just before mid-morning, you got some gray soldiers there. The hawk, you got two at the first table you encounter. You got two Cyprian lions sitting at the table just across from them, accompanied by two people you recognize, the twin prostitutes, Rose and Quartz, seemingly having an amiable breakfast with uh, two of the Cyprian lions there. There's a lone Osperian bear. He looks hungover. At the bar is another grand soldier, and at the end of the bar is Shalia, the tattooed charismatic member of the elven party who is hunched over a drink, seemingly minding her own business. Well, you know, roll down and grab a seat at our table. I might as well grab us some breakfast. But I'm guessing our best bet of finding Murray is by talking to her over there. You do what you need to do. I need to look at my spill book for a minute, so I'll wait here. You're trying to eat? I'm trying to prepare for the day. Yeah. Do you want to eat while you read your little books there? Oh, sure, yes. All right, I'll get you something. Server comes by, not Alistia. Says, breakfast today? Hey. How many? How hungry are you, love? Oh, I could eat. Uh, six plates, I think. Six plate. Okay, no problem. Be right out. Two for the little one. And an extra one for us to share. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to try and use the extra food to lure out Murray. You drinking anything? Hey, just water for me. Water, water, please. water, water. Same there. Water. Oh, fair enough. For all the trouble we've had over the last couple of days, I think I better try to stay a little sharper. And Grum, you do notice uh, out here the lighting is a little bit more indicative to a, well, a public space, so it is a little brighter. Uh, it's uh, You find yourself uh, squinting a little bit more than usual. Man, I'm going to have to figure something to do cover these damn eyes. If I thought I was having a hard time with the teeth before, <laughs> this is going to be a bitch. <laughs> Kind of excited about that. <laughs> Sounds pretty fucking cool. <laughs> well, my dear, you trying to go talk to her, or shall I? I don't know that it matters, other than your appearance has changed. Might be surprising to her. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, why don't you go get her, and I'll wait here for the food. Okay. I will wander over to Shalia. As you approach, she's hunched over, looking at her drink, and you see that it is... Uh, very much an alcoholic drink. Little hair of the dog, I see. She looks up at you. Her eyes are bloodshot. The little face makeup that she is, has run. It's, uh, it looks, it's evident that she has had uh, a long night and is, has been, and possibly still is, quite upset. She says, oh, hello. I don't know if it's uh, so much hair of the dog. Is, uh, I'm not sure the dog has uh, caught up to me to bite me yet. Are you okay? It'll be okay. Seems our friend Murray never made it back to the room last night. Any idea where he might be? Um, well, uh, when I left, he was talking with Miala. I, uh, there were some songs that uh, kind of got to me, so I needed to take a moment and uh, just be by myself. It's, uh, full disclosure, I'm pretty upset that uh, Qatar has to go off and do what he does. And so I'm dealing with that in my own way. Understandable. Um, so I am pretty drunk right now. <laughs> but if I remember, uh, no, they were just chatting. Timnaeth went off to ply his luck and whatever he tries to do with Kai. And then, uh, yes, like I said, I just needed a moment for myself. And so I may have gotten a little lost in my cups, as sometimes I want to do when I'm feeling morose. Okay. But I can't imagine that Meala would have let him, would have, uh, let him run off and do anything stupid. 
I would hope not. She's very calculated. She's very, uh, to the point. Okay, well, thank you. If you decide you want some company, we're having breakfast over here. You're welcome to join. I appreciate that. I think I'm okay here for now. Okay. I appreciate your concern. Good luck on, uh, your path. Thank you. I'll, uh, head back to the table. Hey, any luck? No, she's had a rough night. Oh, how the hell do you lose a seven-foot-tall lizard? She no says offense. The last she saw them, uh, Marie was with Mayel. She doesn't believe Mayel would have let him... It's actually Mayala. Mayala. Does not believe Mayala would have let him get himself into trouble. Well, I suppose we should probably be expecting him back any time, then. I can't imagine he would leave this little one. Or maybe he ran because he thought he might have to feed her. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> I'm just playing, little one. Keep it down. You're going to get us thrown out of here. If they bring the food, this wouldn't be an issue. Is there a fireplace anywhere around here? So, uh, yeah, there is a fireplace. It's off in the corner. There's one in the entryway, and then there's one kind of uh, in the back of the opposite of the stage. I suppose I better take care of this real quick. I'm going to open my belt pouch, and I'm going to pull out this piece of leather and I'm going to unwrap this leather and there's a chunk of meat laying in there. I'm going to need to borrow your knife, love. I've lost mine. Um. What is that? I'm going to reach over and take the knife from well, my wife. And... How about I do it for you? Nah, I need it. I I can't let this is my knife. Let me do it? Uh, yeah, if you'd cut me a tiny little sliver of that, love. Okay. Like this? Yeah, perfect. Okay. And I cut off a piece. All right. So once she cuts off a piece, I'm going to take that little sliver. I'm going to wrap it back up in the leather. And I'm going to take that big chunk of meat and walk over to the fireplace and throw it in the fireplace. And then... What was that? Nerma says as Grom is off in the fireplace doing that. I'm not sure. I get back and sit down. I hope that food comes soon. What was that? Oh, that dear... Uh, that's a hunk of troll meat. We we keep it when we're on the plains. You can eat on it, but... Roll deception. You can't eat too much. It'll make your butthole like, like a dragon's nostril. <laughs> <laughs> Ten. No, okay, okay. No, really, what was that? Hey, that's what it was. A chunk of troll flesh. I don't believe you. That's all right. But every couple of days, we got to cut it down. I'll give you a little piece, but it tastes like crap, but it'll keep you alive. It's not cooked. Right. Mm. You can't cook it. Oh, food's here. Perfect. And sure enough, the server comes and places all six plates down on the table. Nerma tears in voraciously. All right, so what do we do about locating Murray here? Well, now I imagine the goal would be to maybe track down my Mayala. I think I have less usefulness in tracking down a sneaky elf than a gigantic lizard. Yeah. Unfortunately, our friend over there is drunk and has been lost track after she went on her own. I'm sure Mayala's got a room here, too. Alright, I will say that uh, breakfast ensues and if you don't have any immediate conversation past, uh, where the hell's Murray? Then, uh, as you guys are kind of winding down with your food consumption, I'm going to say that uh, Murray and Mayala come walking down the stairs and around the corner. He went from no temptation to jumping on that. Can't blame the fella. Says he lived in a cave. Mirmelnir, as you enter the common room, you see 
you know, the rest of your party members in Irma there partaking in breakfast. Good morning. Hi. Got a plate for you here, Murray. Don't worry, we'll get another one on the way. Mayla walks up and says, Well met. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Looks over at the bar, presumably at her counterpart over there, and she turns to Mirmalnir and reaches up and puts a hand on his face, holds it there for a moment that is just shy of being an awkward amount of time, and then walks off to check on her friend. Well, aren't you the little friend maker? Went from no intimacy to all the intimacy. Oh, no, no. A gentleman never kisses and tells. Oh, no. I wasn't asking him to confirm, I'm assuming. We simply had a very nice discussion last night. Right. <laughs> discussion? Just throwing it out there. If anybody wants to roll insight on that, they're certainly welcome to. I think I'll let that one lie. Hey, <laughs> so I suppose once let Gain's done with his little reading there, we'll have to figure out what it is we're going to do today. I think a little bit of a leisurely breakfast and the fact that Murray went to sleep quite a bit later than y- y'all took for him to get a, a full rest. You guys were there having, having a leisurely breakfast. Hey, so I suppose we should figure out what do we do to get out of this? There you what are. What a mess we've gotten ourselves into. I was up talking with Mayala. Nerma eyes you suspiciously. Did you at least get some sleep? Yes, I got some sleep. Your emphasis on the word some seems strange to me. (laughs) I don't need a whole lot of sleep like other people do. And she scooches her chair over closer to you, now that you're back. How did you sleep? Very well. That's good. It's the first time I've felt relatively safe in a long time. I'm going to reach over and put a reassuring arm on her shoulder and kind of hug her a little bit. She leans into it. Hey, what do you say? Do we try to take this little one over to Grinzander's estate? I think that'd probably be the best. Who's Grinzander? He's a good friend of ours. We also just recently saved his daughter from the same place we rescued you from. Hmm. Well, I should very much like to meet her then. Why, it's the safest place I can think of. And they are kind people. The question is, how do we get you there? I don't know if we're the ones that should escort you. Maybe that's something we should talk to Randall about. I don't know that I want to trust her to anyone else. Oh, I'm just saying we shouldn't necessarily be riding together. Touche. I mean, you did say that that uh, that they got a pretty good look at you. Yep. Not to mention our little uh, sneaky friend that's hiding about. What do you think, Letgate? Well, it's very sure, let's be honest. Uh, I'm worried how do we get out of town. I do not think that we can stay here. Might be a nice time to head to the hills. That for sure. You're going to leave me? Not for long. That depends. Can you hold the blade? Quite easily, actually. Well, there's no better time than now to learn. And you seem to have a problem with getting yourself into trouble already. Well, I suppose that's a question up to you there, Mary. And at the conversation of... uh... Not for long, she folds her arms, and then the dichotomy of snuggles into you a little bit harder. Well, I would love to bring her along. I don't think it's the safest, and I think she's been in enough... Danger? Yeah. Uh, The whole world's dangerous, though. At least with us, we can teach her to be tough. With Grinzander, she can be comfortable and safe. Perhaps. If Grinzander is safe anymore, I mean, we did let his daughter escape from this, this hellhole... Do they not know that she was there? I guess I we don't know for sure, but I feel like of the ones that would have for sure gotten away, she would have been one of them. 
and the fact that she jumped into a wagon and was whisked off pretty quickly would have made it a bit harder for them to identify who she was. Uh, yeah, it is probably best that we find her a safe place. I can't say that there's anyone else I truff- trust like Grenzander. Hello! Uh-huh. Do these in company. It's so good to see you. Hi, good morning, Randall. Did you enjoy your stay last night? Uh, that I did. Good, quite oh, nice. good. Hope you were comfortable. Oh, you big fella, you have an interesting rosy glow about you. <laughs> I'm just going to bury my head down in my food a little more. Well, good to see you. Good to see you. Big plans for the day? We're just discussing I think that. So, I believe we're going to probably need us a carriage. A carriage? Well, it's a good thing you own one. Yes, no, I believe we'll need another one. Oh. And a driver, please. Oh. Um. Hmm. So, you want yours and another? Yes. Wait, wait. Are you thinking of sending her there by herself? I'm saying we send her in one and we ride another. And we follow her. I don't like that. I am inclined to agree with the child on this one. Hi. Oh, what would you like to do? Nerma looks at you and says, Don't let him make me do that. I'm not going to let him make you do that. So do you suppose we just march her up there and roll the dice as it may? I. So, carriage? No, no carriage. Do you want your carriage yet or no? Definitely our carriage. Okay. I feel like two carriages makes more of a scene than just one. Fair. Will it be harder to pin down moving in a carriage? This kind of goes without saying, but would you like a horse too? <laughs> Yes, please. Okay. I, I, I hate to assume, but, um... Well, I don't know. You have for pulling our carriage, Murray? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Randall actually looks at you to... Uh, no, wait, it's the answer to the question. <laughs> Should have just got us a rickshaw. <laughs> we'll take the horse, well, I mean, please. A carriage with him is considerably... I mean, it is a rickshaw. Ho- horse, yes. Um... Well, I, I'm going to need a little bit more money if you want your carriage with a horse. How much? How much? Not bad, not bad. For a decent horse that, uh, yeah, I'm assuming you want a healthy horse. Uh, yes. Oh, well. uh, 50 gold should get the job done. Am I the one holding that backpack with all the coin, or are you? Um, I was not the last person to have it. So that would be me. I'm going to reach into this sack of mini wonders and pull out some gold. We'll do... I'm going to pull out 52 gold, and it will be two gold as a tip to Randall. He takes it, and he counts it real quick. He says, oh, oh you, you, there's two extra here. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Toothy. Wonderful, wonderful. It's, uh, yes, all the things. I shall get on this. Uh, how soon will you be needing this? Probably right away. As soon oh, as you can, please. Very well. Shouldn't be a problem. The Cartier is open this morning, and uh, not a difficult task for me. Maybe about an hour. Thank you. At that moment, I will begin to study the uh, the trans the one that changes uh, appearance. The illusion. One. Illusion. There we go. That's what. It, yep. My concern is how your eyes are gonna fare being out there. Well, I suppose we'll deal with what we deal with until I can find some form of a, a mask or something. And you're really feeling okay? I feel it right as rain. Looking at the tattoo, I'm not sure there's too much that I can do about it right now. Anyway. Fair. But I think we should drop this little one off and maybe hop out of town while we're figuring out what to do. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, say, big fella, if you're interested in dropping a couple of those coins on those two gals over there, you might be able to get a bit of a lip wagon from those fellas. 
see if they might know where oh. the jaws of the lion might be holding your little statue. It's a long shot, but... Is that Rose in Quartz? Mm-hmm. Another day. Cool. I'll just ready myself to go. Uh, you guys enjoy your breakfast, and nothing really of import happens. Small talk. And then Randall approaches and says, Oh, your coach is here. I thank you for that, Randall. It's a coach, so I guess it would be covered. So I'm imagining a enclosed space with a seat up for the person who wants to drive the horses. Dual benches in the back facing. Would be preferred. Yeah. I guess is it more covered wagon style or coach style? Well, I think the we use the word coach, so I think that's fine. No worries. I was just curious if uh, we had to worry about arrow fire coming through the sides, is all. No, I think uh, it's uh, potentially, but I think it's uh, wooden enough. It's about what I was hoping for. All right, so if we're all ready to leave, Grom stands up at his spot there and adjusts himself. Hey, I suppose it's that time. How much for the food? Um, I think it came to about, I should probably get consistent on this, but I think for, what, the ten plates that you guys bought, probably a gold will cover the food. I'm going to step behind and uh, pull 20 gold out of the haversack and give it to Randall. Hey, you've been good to us, Randall. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you, Mr. Toothy. I count you as a friend. Well, and I you. You have a air of finality in your voice. Is everything okay? Oh, I think we're... I think we're going to be traveling for a bit. So don't you be worried that something bad happened to us. Oh, fair enough. Uh, we'll be back. Okay. But well, I certainly wouldn't mind if you kept our rooms for another week. Oh, I can do that. I was actually just going to say, then if you're going to be traveling, then I can go ahead and let the room I've been keeping out. But uh, a week is good. I have no problem holding that room. Hey, well, thank you kindly, Ren. I understand. It's a source of income with the Bane uh, starting shortly. That's... We haven't just given him a shit ton of money the whole time we've been through here. Hey. Well, then, uh, travel safely, and uh, hope we see you again. Hey, thank you, Randall. And at that, I think we need to stand up and start making my way to the door. Um, real quick, Murray. Mala notices that you guys are mobilizing, and she stands up and walks over to you and gets close again and Gives you a kiss on the cheek and says something to you that uh, the others don't hear. And promptly turns on her heel and goes back to Shalia. Did I notice this? You kind of, out of the corner of your eye, you see them have a little exchange, but not, no, no, no details. Murray, you all, all of a sudden uh, feel a little small hand grasp yours. I'm going to look down at the little one that has just grabbed my hand. Are you ready to go? I think so. Are we going someplace safe? We are. Do you still have that little necklace I gave you? Yes. I want you to hold on to that. Well, I would like that very much. And you see her kind of grab a hold of her shirt. It's obvious it's under her shirt, but it's there, and she grabs a hold of it with her offhand and kind of stands up straight and says, Well, then, I'm ready. Let's go. All right, and to the door you go. You reach the door, and... Be uh, checking for rain again. You don't need to roll for that. It's definitely raining. <laughs> Checking for blank spots in the rain. Oh, right, right, right. Let's <laughs> have the lucky roundy roll. Let's have a perception. Uh, dirty 20. The coast seems relatively clear. I want a moment, my friend, before you go out there. Uh, perhaps let me take a look. Can I go up to the door and I will cast the invisibility and take a look around. Roll perception with advantage. 
What's it look like when you cast your spells? Mutter or something, pretty much, and like maybe wave my hand around for something like this. That's a twelve. Looking around, seems pretty calm. You see somebody making their making their way about their business for the day, but it's not nothing threatening. All right, Grom's gonna head out towards the cart. Yes, and I will follow him. See invisibility lasts for an hour. Just wait. So, who did the changeling see before? Everybody but me. Because I'm wondering how much of our visages have been relayed to the rest of the party that's still alive that could be after us. I think it was just you and you and me. Yeah. Because Letgain was back in the oh yeah yeah, yeah. the warehouse and Grom was downstairs. So maybe one of you guys should be the ones to drive the cart. Point of order, just for the record, it was Tylenor, Mirmolnir, and Nerma. Nerma, yeah. Those that we know for sure have been seen can sit under the cover. What do you say we both ride up top? Those eyes would be better than one. Yes, and you tell me every person you see, please. Hey. All right, we climb up on top. Okay. As you approach the cart, the horse, the horse kind of side-eyes you and... Easy, fella. That's a little bit skittish. Do you two go ahead and just get in the coach? Or you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to hoist Nerma in and, and just follow this. I'm thinking the less amount of time being visible at this moment is probably wise. All right. Uh, initially, let's have an animal handling rule there, Grom. 18. All right. Easy, big fella. I'll lay my hand on the side of the horse. Horse uh, calms down significantly. Just two animals hanging out. Then I'll climb up into the seat. Lagging, are you interacting with the animal at all, or are you just... If I can avoid it, I will just get onto the... Okay, yeah, that's fine. They're a scared lizard, you see. I don't like to talk about it very much, but... I'm going to loosen my bone hand axe in its sheath and pull it up and lay it across my lap. Okay, uh, you're in your driving? Hi. In Lagan's shotgun? Yep. Essentially. Uh, let's have one more an- animal handling. Oh, this is the one we need to go well. 17. 17. All right. Yep. If you haven't done this before, you sure are acting like you have. So you just really comfortable with the beasts. Take the reins and encourage it to take off. Off it goes. Hey, on our way to Grinzander's estate. It is uh, a jaunt there, but with your animal handling role, you uh, managed to navigate the horse and, horse and cart uh, through the city without too much difficulty. Is there any conversation you wanted to have before? So what exactly is it here? Hunting for their let gang. I guess I would say that it is a knowledge. Knowledge is what I, I seek the most at this moment. I guess I don't really know what that means. As do it be. Books you're looking for are sages. Mm. Yes, both actually. I would take anything that would uh, broaden my ability of the arcane. And you, I'm very curious about this transformation that you are you undergo. I, is this of your people? I, well, that depends on which one you'd be talking about. Or this little problem with my eyes. I think you know more about that than I would. But I, uh, my people are known as the Bone Splitters. They, they believe that by hunting and cracking the bones of giant beasts, take on the power of the creatures that you slay. Essentially, release the power of the beast from the land. I don't know how long ago it happened, but after a time... And my people started to change in certain ways, but I suppose that doesn't matter now. I'm a long way from my people. Hmm. Would you like to find them again? No, I don't believe so. I believe uh, my heart died out there. 
That's all right. Oh, right there. Do you see that woman? The woman in the corner. Do you see her? I'll be honest, I don't. So you might want to stop the coach then and see if she approaches us. I will tell you. <laughs> we'll stop the coach. Does this made-up woman I just made approach us? <laughs> uh, the woman in particular that you were eyeing on the corner. Here's the coach. And you stop. And she glances up. And then goes back to adjusting whatever a satchel package type of uh, bundle she had with her. You really do not see her over there. <laughs> do I see her? Uh, roll perception. No. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting used to how much this light is affecting me. I'm sorry. I believe that her assassin need to be over there. I'm not sure what we should do here. I am... She does not seem to be approaching us. Okay. Um, Hold on. Let me understand the situation. <laughs> you are pointing to a woman. Yes, I have, yeah. I don't see. Apparently. <laughs> okay. I, ha- I have seen visibility up, so if, like, I should be able to see somebody if they're invisible. So I'm like, you see her? Do you see him? Oh, gotcha. I do not see her. Do I have a good uh, idea of where he's pointing? Can I really make out a, an area to look for a spot in the rain? Roll perception one more time. I'll give it to you one more time since he's actually like pointing at her. 21. Yes, you do see this unassuming woman that seems to be going about some mundane business. Oh. I was about to throw an axe at some old girl. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Remember when you killed that lady when we were riding on the street? Um, to Miramal near Nermis's. Why'd we stop? I'm not sure. Grom, what's going on? I mean, uh, Tap the side of the coach with <laughs> my hatchet. Hey, nothing. Just thought we saw something. Yeah! And I'm handling. But they liked me before. <laughs> 18. Alright. You are bonding with this horse. Who wants an apple? Hermes is uh, an apple. What's the horse's name? I don't know. Grom, what is the horse's name? Are you like leaning out the side of the sun? It's just like up behind you. It's gotcha. Like- well, I think you'll have to ask it. I don't speak horse. Well, horse has to have a name. You seem to be more of an expert on the subject than myself. What is the horse's name? I think the horse's name should be Mr. Snogglebottoms. Mr. Snogglebottoms. Nope, that's a terrible name. <laughs> that is a perfect name. You're no longer allowed to name the horse. <laughs> Murray said it was a perfect name. Mr. Well, name Snogglebottoms it, it is. Mouse. That's worse than Roach. <laughs> Pickles. <laughs> Mr. Snogglebottoms. <laughs> I don't think you're going to win this one, my love. Tell him the horse's name is Mr. Snogglebottoms. Go on, tell him. You heard the child. You can call him Snuggle for short. I don't think I've ever needed to call a horse any damn thing. Uh, I'll never remember. I couldn't learn Murray's character's name. So. How am I going to do Mr. Snogglebottoms? <laughs> call him Mr. Snuggle bottoms. Hey, fine. How's the horse feel about this name? Isn't that like casting a damn spell or something? Snuggle bottoms. We're gonna <laughs> summon a demon or something. <laughs> this damn name. Roll, roll insight. For realsies? Yeah. <laughs> no, how the, how, she said, how does the horse feel about this name? Oh, so you can, you can roll insight on the horse. Oh, that is a... Natural two, sir, or something. Yeah, you seem to like horses about as much as you <laughs> yeah, specified. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Not sure, right? They 
Do not talk to these horses. This is, this is a horse. That is his name, horse. Call it Mr. Snugglebottoms and see how it responds. I believe Mr. Horse is Mr. Horse and fine with that as well. Mr. Snugglebottoms. <laughs> Grom, I think she's starting to froth the mouth. Just, just go with her. We'll feed her something, damn it. It's been 15 minutes and she hasn't eaten. I don't have any pockets. Where do you want me to keep it? Yeah! <laughs> Alright, you continue on. And as you traverse the city streets, find yourself traversing down a, down a road that seems to kind of narrow a little bit before it looks to, to widen up again. Uh, you see down the way that there is an overturned cart with some goods spilled in the thoroughfare there. And you see a man and a woman standing there arguing with each other. It uh, looks to be not a horse-drawn cart, but a hand cart, but still uh, large enough that it might impede your uh, progress. Eyes up. We got trouble. Is there a side street we can turn on? Perception. 23. No, immediately uh, between where you are and where the, the obstacle is, there's not a side street. I'm going to slow the horses down. Eyes up. Yeah, even with that 23, um, you're looking for side streets, whatever. Nope, there's a little bit of a recessed alcove there. There's an awning there. And right up by the people who are arguing, there is a doorway, a recessed doorway, and you see two figures standing in there uh, smoking something, just hanging out, looking completely unconcerned about the two people arguing in the street. I'm going to tap on the bottom. We may have trouble. Keep sharp. What's happening? Uh, it looks like a trap if I ever saw one. But, or at least this is where I would throw one. But maybe not. But I say we just pass and by as much as we can, but just keep sharp. Yes, I agree. Let's try to just squeeze by if we can. All right, uh, as you draw closer, both Latgain and Grom, go ahead and give me one more perception. 23. Uh, nine. <clears throat> I also have the alert feet. I can't be surprised. I know. Cool. <laughs> Um, As you approach, whether it through sheer chance or whether it through calculated uh, placement, you feel like that if you wanted to try to squeeze your coach through the larger of the two gaps that the obstacle has made, that uh, it won't quite fit. How far would it be to back the coach up? Or is there room to turn around anywhere in here? Um, no, like I said, the street has, has narrowed here. It would be a, an Austin Powers uh, uh, effort to try to uh, turn turn the thing around with the horse. Does it look like something I'd be strong enough to push? Yeah, it's just a handcart, but it's tipped over. The wheel's broken. and So it just needs to drug out of the way? Um, essentially, but the two people that seem are seemingly in charge of it uh, don't seem to have any interest in... They seem to have more of an interest arguing with each other rather than... Uh, Removing the. I'm gonna hand the reins over to let gain while it's still heading slow. Okay. And I'm gonna hop off the cart and I'm gonna run up ahead of the horses. Well, stay, stay, horses. Here, use this. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. Let gain animal handling. One. Oh, God, I'm gonna get run over by horses. <laughs> Whoa, horses. No, no, horses, stay. Oh. So Krum hops off the cart and I'm he runs ahead and renting ho- up ahead. The horse is like, no, no. The horse sees Krum and kind of whatever, and then stops. And whatever bestial commonality Krum has uh, established established with with this beast, uh, all of a sudden it is confused and it is like, wait a minute, I, we were cooperating here. Now where are you going? And it's a race. It, <laughs> it stops and it rears up on its hind legs and just thrashes about for a minute. 
What the hell's and going on? Yes, you guys feel that definitely inside the, the coach. Is your horse out here just being uncooperative? It's going to be a minute before the the horse situation resolves itself, so uh, Grom, I'll let you go ahead and sprint up to the... I'm just going to sprint up to the cart. And you walked up, one of them was just like, well, I told you to check that axle yesterday, and you didn't. Now here we are. Well, you've secured the load wrong. It was weighty on the left side. What? I'm not talking to either of them. I am grabbing the cart. What? Hey, who are you? Unhand our goods. <laughs> Stop I'm paying that. them no mind. The, the woman comes and, like, grabs your arm and says, As soon as they're close enough to be at me, I'm going to growl at her and turn and face her with my black eyes and my sharpened teeth. It's horrible tribal tattoos everywhere. Roll intimidation with advantage. Fifteen. That's more than enough. She Get your damn cart out of the way or I'll do it. And then I'm moving the cart. Yeah, she does not make a move towards the cart, and both of them actually, yes... Oh yeah, both of them are sufficiently cowed and wide staring at you, wide-eyed. They do not make a move for their cart, but as you said, you uh, are dragging it out of the way. Uh, let's have an athletics to see how... Not well. Uh, athletics? Uh, eight. Oh, nine, ten. Okay, with the ten, it slowly starts to move, but uh, it's kind of caught the broken axle. Is, uh, stuck in the mud pretty good and it kind of hangs you up there for a second so yeah it's going to be a slow slow movement there back at the coach i'm just little just dumb horse it's trying to get the horse to start moving forward if i can okay let's have another animal handling use its name should have just waited <laughs> oh, <laughs> this no. is so <laughs> that one <laughs> your character is not about horses stupid beasts <laughs> will not get along with them um, can I jump in and see if I can maybe... Yeah, yes, please. Because the horse is thrashing now. You, 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 you see... It's okay, Mr. Snugglebottoms. Come yeah, on. Take these, take these. That's a 20, a dirty 20 for animal handling. Okay, thankfully, you see the support that, that connects your coach with the horse crack. And then there's enough... Hey, come on. Chaos that Tylalor hops out and goes straight to the beast and puts her hand on it and tries to soothe it and it seems to calm down sufficiently. It's still pretty frothed up and uh, not too happy, but uh, for the most part it's not trying to wreck its harness or anything like that. Okay. I am going to just kind of try and keep a cloak or whatever up over my head to still kind of try and conceal my identity a little bit. Um, But I am going to scoot on in and take the reins from you. (laughs) Yes, please. Take me. Um, let's have a stealth check. Stealth or deception, your, your, your choice. So, 11. 11. Okay, the, wi- the wind kind of catches your, your hood a little bit, and you feel it pull back from your face for a second. But uh, you quickly adjust it, and you hop back up and take the reins from that gain. And let's have one more animal handling. That's going to be 13. Or, sorry, 12. 12. Nope, you urge the horse into uh, a walk forward, and so now you're advancing slowly. And as... Latgain and uh, Tylalor look down. You see that uh, Grom is attempting to remove the obstacle from the road, but is having a little bit of a struggle to kind of get it pulled fully out of the way. Do you need me to send Murray down there, my love? Oh, yes, please. I think this is not a good idea for Murray to come out of the cabin of the wagon. I, I will jump down and try to help you. And for that, let's have one more athletics roll from both of you. Eleven. Nine. That equals twenty. Um, after a minute of struggling, you managed to scoot it far enough that uh, you think that you could get the wagon through. All right. No activity out of these doorways. Perception. That one. I can't get over this glare. How about an eleven? 
Tyler, or as you approach uh, the scene, yeah, you see those two figures in the doorway smoking. You see them just kind of regard the situation with not much concern, and then one one of them steps inside. Okay. So far, seems like we're okay. Tyler, let me have an insight. Eat. Okay. Everything's great. <laughs> I'm gonna hop back up on the yes, let's go the wagon. And so it's a, basically a, a two-seater. So if Grom hops back up with Tyler Lore, that game, what do you want? I'll crawl into the back. Is everything okay? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm just not very good with horses, and we are we are good now. I think the horse like its new name, Nerma. Well, of course, that's its name. I will just be looking out the back, though. All right. Um, so you continue on past that. Interesting little hiccup. So you approach the elevator again. It's raining, not a lot of traffic. You roll right up to the uh, intake section, for lack of a better term. The guard dressed in the livery of uh, the municipal force of Aconitum Falls comes out and says, Going up, Cliff, then? Yes. Hi. What's your business up there today? We're on our way to visit Grenzander. The teamster? Yes. Very well. Passage is two gold. Please steal your horse this way and secure your cart. Okay, I'll hand over two gold. And you steer the horse and cart onto a platform. Uh, there's a couple places where you can basically lock down your carriage, uh, if you so choose. Probably should. We've already got an antsy horse. I Which, um, no, it's pretty chill so far. Even though being steered into kind of an enclosed space. Are we far enough away from that guy to where he can't hear us now? That's, I don't know, if you want to risk it. Basically, you were in the lift space, expected to secure your, your ride up, and then he's kind of in a little office area that's adjacent, you know, the door's open, so. All right, I suppose we'll just make our way up. He comes out, he says, everything's secure? All set. Hey, I want to throw an insight out there on how I feel he took that, <laughs> that one. This, this certainly will not come back to bite us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you feel that uh, you've been here before. There's been no problems before. Why should there be any problems now? I feel like the only problem is I just told them where we're going. Yeah, sorry about that. We'll be all right. We just might have to kill this dude when we get to the top. He uh, checks the, the wheel chocks and uh, basically the restraints to keep the wagon from moving too much on uh, the event of uh, a windy day. Keeping an eye on him while he's doing that. He gives, there's one latch that you had put on, on one of your wheels. He, he kind of stands back up and kind of gives it a kick. And then uh, he says, sit back, enjoy the ride. And he goes back in the little control area and the platform breaks loose and starts to raise. Nervous says, she's kind of peeking out the window. She says, is this necessary? Unfortunately, yes. And she has kind of a hold of Miramilnir's arm. It's going to be okay. If you say so. I hate these as well. This is not my favorite thing. I'm glad to be in here. I have legs and not wings. I look at Nerma. If we fall, just make sure you land on top of Murray. You'll be fine. That does not calm her. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna fall. It's about halfway up the elevator ride. There's a chunk, and the elevator stops. This has never happened before. Uh, it's not happened to you. Oh my and god. And a weapon. Keep a real Same. tight eye on this guy. Oh, he's not with you. You are alone on the elevator. Oh, son of a bitch. Hey, how far? We're like halfway up? Mm-hmm. Well, here we go. This has happened very often. I'm not too familiar with these. Uh... We're not at really... I would say eyes up. Uh, this is definitely new to us. 
feel like we may have been found out. Uh, look over at Murray. Be ready, my friend. I'll cast Gift of the Clarity, which gives you a bonus or an advantage to your initiative roll. I'm going to pull my rope out of my out of my pack real quick, tie some around my waist, and the other bit to the cart. To the cart? Yeah. Okay. A long five minutes pass, and then ten. I don't like this. Don't worry, Murdy. You, you are very aware for the next eight hours. Where have we stopped? I'm not sure. Do I see or hear any activity at the bottom that seems crazy? Is that too far to see? You're looking down towards the bottom. Uh, roll perception with disadvantage, please. Ten. Yeah, you're looking down. There's the mist and the precipitation of the thunderstorm. It's uh, it's pretty hard to see. You can, you can vaguely make out the buildings, but uh, there's not really any activity that you can see. And then another five minutes pass. And then there is a... Stomach lurching movement from the elevator. It drops about 10 feet and then catches. Oh, I don't like this. And then resumes its upward motion. Remind me to take the stairs next time. Unfortunately, I think the elevators are the only way between. And another few minutes passed and you feel the elevator lock into place where once before the swaying back and forth of the raising elevator gave you that uneasy non-stable feeling. Now it feels like it has hit something solid. And then the gate opens. And there's another guard dressed in the livery of Aconitum Falls. Says, oh, sorry about that little hiccup. Hope you weren't too concerned. I just need some new pants is all. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be the first one. Hey, thanks for getting us to the top safely. Tell me, boss, we should have a pants store at the top of the, top of the, uh, top of the elevator, top of the lift. Nevertheless, here you are, safe and sound. Hey, thank you. Safe. I don't know about sound. I'm gonna ease the, the horse on. Animal handling. Seven. And the horse is a little bit spooked for uh, from what just happened there. I would imagine. So it's uh, it's not really cooperating with you. It's kind of like herky jerky a little forward. It might take a second to try to calm the horse first. So you hop down and go to it. Yeah. Okay. We'll do animal handling with advantage then. Thirteen. That's enough to kind of get it brought back around, and you think it's ready to go ahead and pull its load again. Right. Hop up and get to it. All right, you continue through. It's becoming a pretty familiar path to you now, uh, but you eventually reach the, uh, the little guardhouse that is the entrance to kind of the gated community that uh, Grinzander's estate lies. And the doors open, but there are guards standing there. I'm sure they recognize me by now. You roll up that guard that... Uh, <laughs> You're familiar with their grums is uh, moving up in the world, I see. Hi, I got wheels. So many on way to see Grunzander? Hi, yet again. You know, it's a shame they don't give you guys better rain protection when they know they're going to have an entire month of rain. Yes, well, we've grown accustomed to it. Hi. Uh, who's in the coach? Just my friends. Well, you are moving up in the world. That'll be enough out of you. Well, carry on. Don't dilly-dilly. I'm going to reach over to the bag and pull out a gold coin and flip my gold coin. Have a drink on me, Sam. And dry off. Looks to his right. Looks to his left. He says, you watch yourself. Hey, I'll do that, Sam. I mean it. Well, that doesn't bode well for me, Sam. What do you know that I don't know? Next, come on up. Hey. 
All right, you continue on and you eventually make your way to the gate of Grinzander's estate. Keeping my eyes open on the way. Yep, so let's have a perception then. Eight. Uh, Tylor Adjusting to these lights. Eighteen. Tylor with an eighteen, you kind of glance back as you're pulling away from the little little gatehouse there, and you see the man that uh, Grom just had an exchange with. A cloaked figure walks out, which is really isn't that strange because it's raining, and uh, they have an exchange, and you see the man that Grom just uh, spoke with say something to him, and then kind of shake his head and do a kind of a get away from me with his hand and walk back to his business. And then the cloaked figure walked to the side and went behind a guard shack that uh, made you lose sight on him. That said, you arrive at Grinzander's gate. It is closed. So I hop off and I go knock on the door. Minute goes by. And you see a slight brown-haired individual poke her head out. Hey, you look familiar. Have we met before? I don't think so. However, you do look familiar. And come in. Hey, thank you. And she opens the, the door a little wider. I'll go and grab the lead tether of the horse. Start walking him in. You come in the courtyard. You're walking the horse, and she says, I'm assuming you are uh, Grom? The one and only. Oh, very well. Uh, Grinzander has been uh, hoping you would arrive. Hi. And then uh, gets to the door, and there's another guard standing at the door. He opens the door, and he says... Is it they? She says, may match the description. And he opens the door. He says, go right in. And we'll uh, assume unload and follow Grom. Um, it is now late morning. And you walk into the foyer. You take a minute to kind of dry off. And whatever, Xander comes to the door and says, oh, my good Grom, please come in. Come in. Take a load off. Dry off. It is so good to see you. I'm actually surprised. You've made it thus far. You seem to all be in town. Oh, you have a, a, a new a new little passenger with you, I see. Oh, please, come in, come in, come in. Grinzander, good to see you again. Does anything seem off to him? Roll insight. What? You used it. Now it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. He said, I'm sorry. I hey, you want one of my dice? Uh, it's five. Maybe you'll get magic back. <laughs> oh. What did you do to it? It was all 20s. <laughs> now I'm all fours. <laughs> Never let you touch it. Yeah, nothing seems quite out of the ordinary. You go clasp arms with him. Hey, did she make it back? She did indeed, my friend. She did indeed. Is Vaxador here as well? He is. Oh, good. Well, he says, come in, come in, come in. Uh, we're having a bit of a late breakfast. Ivan Egg uh, has, again, outdone herself. Sure. <laughs> as you as you remember. Please, come in, come in. Norma says, there's more food? You can just see little tendrils of drool start dripping out of my mouth at the thought of her food. You enter the dining area, and you see Emilard, the, the maid, Vaxador, whom you've rescued, um, Ivan Egg, the cook, Valerie, Ardrar, and I need some more chairs. So, yeah, if you guys want to come in. When I see Valerie and Vaxador, I'm glad you guys made it back. Valerie says, well, glad that you guys exist. That was, uh, that was quite the ordeal. Vaxdor says he actually comes over to each one of you and either grasps your arm or clasps your shoulders and makes a gesture of, he's like, you have my utmost thanks. Well, don't be thanking us too early. We may be bringing you another bit of trouble. Well, uh, honestly, they're uh, good, Grom. I really have uh, really, uh, you know, I've come to expect nothing less. <laughs> you just wait until you guys try to feed her. Oh, 
Oh, that's the problem. <laughs> Nerma has already appropriated a plate of food from uh, Emilard there. You thought I ate a lot? She will eat me under the table. She's a growing child. Sadly, I'm afraid she's your new roommate. That is... I'm sorry, uh, come again? <laughs> Grinzander, this little one was rescued from the same dungeon as Valerie in Baxador. Hmm, I see. He does not currently have a safe place to stay. Well, if I'm uh, picking up your subtext, um, I guess I just go ahead and say that, uh, of course, she has a safe place to stay. Thank you. Do you know Anslight? Why does that name seem familiar to me? We rescued her from the dungeon in the spires. Oh, that's right. The little tiefling child. Yes, that's the one. Nermo? Nermo, was it? Yes, Nermo. Um, I'll tell you, Nermo, I do indeed know Anslight. Were you acquainted? Yes, she's a very good friend of mine. Well, maybe we can see what we can do about getting the two of you reacquainted. A lot of dancing in the rain, that'll be. <laughs> oh, I still have nightmares about that. <laughs> hey, it's good to see y'all back and safe. May hate to be a disappointment, but you have not yet found your wife. Hmm. At this point, um, Araya comes out. And, uh, it's like two big plates of food. It sets them down in front of Miramonir and, and Nerma. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just assumed. Is anybody else feeling a bit peckish? Yes, I will I'll take some. I'm not sure when the next meal we have will be, so yes, please. Oh, very, very ominous. Uh, however, I'll be right back. So I think we might have kicked a bit of a hornet's nest. I think we might be needing to leave town for a little bit. Well, the scuttlebutt that uh, I've, I've heard sounds like that uh, might not be a bad idea. Can't leave town with this. Do you mind grabbing that bag, love? Not at all, so I grab that bag off my shoulder and I hand it over. So why don't you just dump that out on the table there? I believe uh still has some of our things from when we were leaving. What we could recover from that evil place. Yeah, I take your meaning. You want to be ostentatious, but uh, not about to cover this uh, delicious breakfast spread, brunch spread with gold. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> my apologies. Can I assume that what uh, that was your intent? <laughs> you know, I hadn't really thought about it. <laughs> We're just returning what was lent. Well, that's a delightful surprise. With, uh, the limited information that uh, Valerie came back with, uh, I was not sure how things went. Well, everyone that was in the building that was not one of our party or a victim is now dead. <laughs> Even better. It was delightful. Where's the bag at right now? Who's got it? I it's on the table. Um, just take my potion out of here, please. Take my, reach my hand and take the potion out. Boy, Grinzander, I can't thank you enough for the use of your bag. That was more than helpful. Well, I'll tell you what. I can do you one better. Um, I'm allowed here. Take this. You're, you're finished eating? Yes. Okay. Take this and but empty it out. Empty it out. Um, is, is there anything dangerous in here? Well, I'll be honest. I don't know. All right, well, Emilard, be very careful when you empty this. To set 2,000 aside, uh, put that back in the bag and bring it back if you would, please. She takes it and exits with it. So, headed out of town. Do you have a destination in mind? Well, we may as well uh, pursue the Ruby Hill. Mm. Either that or I believe our friend's statue won't be in the jaws of the lion for long. Mm. Oh, yes, your story about your uh, cryptic riddler, I guess, for lack of a better term. So I suppose we'll to say our goodbyes for now. I hope no trouble has followed us this far. I might uh, 
Use some of that money to double the guard for the next little while. Yes, well, I uh, managed to uh, procure some people I trust from a fellow uh, member of the Merchant's Guild. That's a relief. Yes, well, it's, uh, I understand the, the danger of the restructuring of things, given the fact that uh, the me who is not me was not in charge for a good while. Some interesting things are starting to take shape. Granted, it's, uh, it hasn't been too long since I've seen you last, but we're sorting things out, and I feel security here is solid. Wonderful. What all were you able to find out that they were trying to do with your business? Well, near as I can tell, like I said, I haven't had too much time to sort things out, but, well, it goes back to uh, that trade route that Medlek wanted to establish up until his location. A lot of supply chains that uh, wanted to be, uh, let's say, off the books, which, in my experiences, lend themselves to uh, seeking nefarious results, so... I don't suppose I could ask a favor of you. By all means, looks lovingly at his daughter sitting across the table. We'll be leaving town. If you could please send runners to get the supplies for our wagon, it would be greatly appreciated. As it stands, I should be showing my face minimally. Mm, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, do you have a time frame of this trip that you plan to take? I'd say as soon as possible. No, I meant uh, supplies for how long? Probably two weeks at least. Two weeks, I think that can be arranged in due course. Once uh, comes back, etc. upon the task. She's quite adept. And actually, at that point, Millard does come to the door and says, Um, Quintanda? Yes, Millard? It seems that we have a delivery. Oh? Yes, uh, there's a delivery from Waxworth outside. Are you expecting a delivery? Our dress is, uh... Well, that seems a little out of the ordinary. Grom unbuckles his hand axe and pulls it out. Well, I mean, now, now, now hang on there, Mr. Grom, because uh, this is, uh, I say it's out of the ordinary. We usually get deliveries on Tuesday, but uh, it's Thursday, but sometimes Waxworth gets uh, all uh, wonky-donky and then, then strange things happen, so so don't go out running out killing delivery guys or anything like that. Need you to understand that not a week ago we were planning on using Waxworth to infiltrate this building ourselves. Well, that seems awfully clever. So just be careful, friend. A mist has settled into the courtyard. No doubt an effect of the never-ending thunderstorm. Within the courtyard, you see a horse-drawn wagon with a tarp drawn over what goods it carries. You see that it bears what you recognize as the symbol of Waxworth distribution, although it is difficult to see completely through the mist. Atop the wagon is a driver, and two footmen stand adjacent, apparently awaiting instructions. The man in the wagon is wrapped in a dark red hooded cloak, which efficiently shields him from the rain. He raises his head... Pulls back his hood, revealing jet black hair and amber-colored eyes. So you guys looking out the window, peeking out the door? I'm probably peeking out the window. Grinzander would have moved to uh, go out the door and address what's going on here. Any of these characters look familiar? Uh, roll intelligence. 13? Not that you can recall. Oh, I didn't do any better. I'm going to be standing now, but kind of in between the dining room and the kitchen. Like, kind of towards the doorway. Just kind of guarding... The back side, yeah. Tyler. I was at the window as well. Yeah, I'll go kind of peek out the window. All right. Grinzander steps outside. Ardra kind of followed him out. Valerie joined you at the window. Grinzander steps to the door, steps out, and says, uh, I believe there might be some misunderstanding here. And the man in the driver's seat, who has just pulled back his hood, revealing his jet black hair and amber eyes, says, You harbor the interlopers. Can I hear this? Perception. Fifteen. 
I'd say that uh, Grom, you kind of barely make out the words, but uh, Tylor, you, you got it. He says, I suggest you hand them over. They know we're here. They're demanding us. Here's trouble. I'm going for the door. Nerma, go hide. You look out and you see this Waxworth distribution team. And through the mist, you see the horse drawing the cart morphs into its true form. The neck and head elongate into a human torso. Massive arms extend, ending in vicious claws. Its head, humanoid in reference only, sprouts horns, and a leering snarl reveals a mouthful of sharp teeth and fangs. The horsetail tail knits together and elongates, culminating into a dense, serrated, weaponized appendage. I told you it was a trap. The wagon explodes in a flurry of activity. Small, pale-skinned, pixie-esque creatures flitter out to the perimeter of the estate, and a handful of hairless, rail-thin creatures disperse along the ground, their large, gremlin-like ears and spindly fingers crackling with static electricity. The two footmen's appearance also shift. As the illusion drops, you see two humanoids with black-skinned, draconic features bathed in shadows. And finally, the driver's true form is revealed to a purple-skinned, bearded entity beard made up of writhing tendrils, almost snake-like, reaching out, looking to consume whatever's in front of it. The big one belongs to me. Come get him, big fella. I'm going to slap you on the ass with my hand axe as I go for the door. <laughs> We're going to need some initiative rolls. 21. 14. That's 10. I got a 4. All these dice are getting thrown away. I mean, I just don't... I'm going to melt them down and make a new one. Real quick, to uh, resolve what Murray said to Nerma, Valerie looks at you and looks back at Nerma and says, I'll take her. And she runs and grabs Nerma and then out back towards the kitchen area. And here we go. Grom, what would you like to do? The big one's mine. And I'm making my way for the door with a big hustle. Unless I could fit through that window. If I can jump through that window, I'll do that instead. Yeah, but I'll need an athletics to... Are you opening it or are you crashing through? Oh, is there glass in it? Yes. Okay. Then I'll go to the door. So what's your movement speed? 30. 30. I'll get you about to the door. Do you want to use your action to continue to sprint? Yes, I do. And I'm going to rage. You can close distance, but you had to use your action to get there. That's it, big fella. You're all mine. You and me. All right. Vaxador kind of squeezes out the door, too, and moves to the side. And he's still assessing things, so that's going to be his movement. All right, upon seeing you, Grom, driver in the wagon here, hops down adjacent to you, and the tendrils of his beard lash out. And what is your AC? 18. His beard lashes out. Dodge backwards Matrix style. Uh, Next up is Grinzander, and he draws a rapier on him and steps up next to you and tries to plunge it in. Successfully does so. I wonder what group this is that we pissed off. (laughs) Well, it's got to be the same people, right? You don't, we only have one group mad at us? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, the most recent, anyway. I got one group mad at me. <laughs> that was all, like, people. This is all, like, demons. I feel like this is something else. I feel like the demons run the people. Grinzander plunges his uh, rapier into the formerly horse, now six-limbed beast. Uh, doesn't seem like it does that much damage, but uh, it's a bit of a hit. And now we have a pikeman by the door was also surprised. He rushes around to take an attack. Mr. Arbalist here, who's coming around the corner. And I got another guard coming up from the side here. So we have Grinzander's guards move to close. This one that was by the door was able to move in, plunge his pike into the same beast for some damage here. And now that brings us to Tylo. I'm going to draw my sword and make my way outside via the door. 
Alright, it gets you to about here if you'd like to use your action for more movement. I'm actually, since I don't ha since I'm not close enough to actually make an attack myself, I would like to take my action to move closer, but I'd also like to do a bonus attack, if that's okay, towards this thing attacking my husband's Get him. rear. So I'm gonna do my commander's or um, excuse me, the rally, and I will rally Grom. Gains temporary hit points equal to the superiority die plus my charisma modifier. That would be 10 extra. Hell. Temporary yeah. hit points. And that would conclude my turn. These little guys hop down from the deal. One of them runs over here to attack the pikemen. One of them runs up here, gets in your face. And one of them kind of just hangs back and is waiting for instruction. As they run up, they reach out a hand that's crackling with static electricity. Tyler, what is your AC? 16. The, the lower one reaches into the pikemen, and Tyler, the one, runs up to the side of you and grabs onto your thigh, and electricity shoots through your leg, doing six points of lightning damage. I would need a constitution saving throw, please. With a 17 on the dice, you pass. Okay. Uh, essentially, contagious lightning is if you fail on a DC 10 constitution saving throw, you attract lightning for one minute. Oh. <laughs> Which, uh, given the fact that there's a thunderstorm going on, pretty real deal. So the pikeman also saves, but he does take a little bit of damage too. And now we are to big dude here. The once was a horse rears up on its hind legs and comes crashing down. He's going to do a hoof attack on the pikeman, Grenzander, and Grom since they are all in front. <laughs> Two ones for damage. So Grenzander, the pikeman, and Grom, they all take seven bludgeoning damage. You are raging though, so does that get reduced? Yes. So three. And that brings us to Mjormolnir. I'm running for the door. I'm going to use my action to run out. Kind of over to one of the creatures along the side. I'm good where I stand. Um, that's going to bring us to... He's on the perimeter. A handful of arrows come flying into the mix. And one actually hits Vaxador, standing off there to the side. These are shot from these little pixie-looking things? Yep. Uh, the two dragon-esque footmen. This one kind of tries to jockey its way around here to you, Tylor. And what was your AC? 16. Takes a sword swing, two sword swings at you, and misses both of them. Mirmalnir, what is your AC? 16. Ooh, I got a 19 and a 20 on the die. So you are going to take a little bit of damage here. You take 17 slashing damage. Okay. You stepped up to him, and as you approach, he skewers you with one of his scimitars and then comes across your chest with the other one. And now we are at that game. So from being here before, I know this is two stories, is, like, does this area have, this is the bedroom that has windows facing outside on the second story? So what I would like to do then is just sprint as fast as I can to get up to one of the windows. I imagine it'll take me two turns, or I get 30 feet plus another 30, so 60. So which room would you like to go to? This one here. So you bust into the master bedroom, basically an end table between you and the window. And then unless you have a bonus action... Nope, that's it. Or drawer steps out and says, well, this isn't good at all. And you hear him say... Well, I suppose, little mister, we're going to have to go ahead and step it up. And the little blue and yellow bird on his shoulder, you hear, makes some chirping noises. And he takes it and he throws the bird up in the air. And as the bird slowly climbs into the air, you see it change form into something quite larger. The wings extend, the little feet turn into talons, and you are looking at a bird of prey now that is easily 15 feet in wingspan. Whoa. And that will be Ardra's turn for the moment, and we're back to Grom. 
When Xander gets your damn sword out of him, I said he's mine. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that, I want to try to make a called shot to sink my hand axe in around like the neck area. My intention is to pull myself up so I can grapple him in his chest. So you're basically using it to climb. I want to leave it hooked into him so I can hold on to the son of a bitch. We're going to have us a rodeo. Uh, let's have an attack roll. That'd be a 23. I'd say that uh, connects uh, right in his face. So since that is my hand axe, that'll do three damage. We're going to say that uh, you're going to use some of your movement to jock yourself into that position. So let's have uh, either an acrobatics or an athletics. To Actually, since it's all deck space, let's go uh, acrobatics to get yourself into rodeo position. 18. That is uh, what position do you want to put yourself in? I just want to be wrapped around him so I can bite his face. All right, so you you, know, you got your legs wrapped around his torso, your feet hooked. I'm on him like a spider monkey. In the interest of... Not making combat boring. I'm going to make a handful of dice rolls here to resolve what the NPCs and the enemies do here. So the guards enter the fray. Beardy, you feel something sink into your shoulder for four hit points worth of damage, and I would need a constitution saving throw, please. Seven. All right, you take three more hit points of poison damage. The guards move in. uh, They take some attacks. There's fighting all around you. Basically, I'm going to kind of keep those results under the hood, so to speak. But there is is heated combat, and people are taking damage, and people are fighting for their lives. Skrenzander takes a step back and says, well, my good Grom, by all means. And he skirts around and tries to engage one of these little dudes here, and he skewers him pretty effectively. Now, Tylor. I'm going to attack the bearded base. 18 to hit. Yeah. That definitely hits. Um, That's going to be six damage. And then I would like to do a sweeping attack, which is after I've hit a creature with a weapon attack, I can expend one die to attempt to damage another creature within the same attack. I shouldn't have fucked with my girl. (laughs) Um, If the original attack roll would hit the second creature, it takes the damage equal to the number I roll on the superiority die. Okay. Yep. You're good. Which one are you attacking? Probably the little fucker that shocked me. Uh, that's three damage. Stand by for a couple more rolls here. Uh, Grom, give me an athletics roll, please. Eight. Uh, surprisingly. Oh, sorry. Ten. Uh, still, surprisingly, the uh, entity who's who your spider monkey and tries to just grab you and shove you off of him. But with a natural one, he uh, manages to not be able to extricate uh, himself from you. Okay, there's a few zaps going around you from uh, little guys trying to get all up in your business. This one's jumping around trying to figure out where he is. Uh, but they all rolled like balls, so we are to Mirmilnir. I'm going to make an unarmed strike at the thing that just stabbed me. That is a five. That does not hit. Do you want to use this thing instead? I'll touch it. I'm going to use patient defense for my bonus action. All right, we got another salvo of arrows coming in here. Ooh, that's going to hit Grinsander, and it's going to hit Beardy, and that game. So as I ramp to the window, I can see pretty much the whole field of view. I would say so, and it's uh, it's very easy to open. I'm, I'm assuming you kind of knock the table out of the way. Okay, so what I'd like to do then is... I took on my cloak and focus while I cast magic missile at second level, which allows me to swing two darts. But grabbing onto my cloak shall allow me to do four darts. And I'd like to target each one of the pixies. Um, Am I one, able to do that? One for each? Yes. Okay, yes, I would need a wisdom saving throw, however. 
18. So you feel a fatigue kind of set in, but you hardly give it a second guess. You just shrug it off and then cast your uh, your magic missiles. Sweet. Uh, so that one's four. That one's five. That one's four. That one's three. Uh, you guys see... I don't know. What do your magic missiles look like? Well, it's kind of uh, basically lightning strikes that are just very small balls of lightning strike. So, yeah, you see this bluish-white electricity launch forth from the window, and each one unerringly smash into each four of these pixies that are out of the perimeter. Okay, now that's our driver. He's going to step up and say, Yeah, this really isn't tenable. This, uh, this just needs to stop. And he raises a hand, and this line of greenish, blackish energy emits forth and blasts into the uh, little dragon-esque dude that's up by the house here. You see that foe stumble. There's almost like a necrotic takeaway from his torso, and he drops to one knee, but then he stands back up and with a snarl redoubles his uh, his fervor there, and we're back to Grom. Well, if I get a hold of this thing's chest, I'm going to try to be kind of crawling over it, try to get wrapped around his head. I want to bite his head and chop with my hand axe. Roll an attack. All right, this is for my bite. That did not go well. You sink, your teeth sink into his head, but, oh, as it turns out, his head seems to be made of very, very thick bone. Or at least his, uh, what's available to bite. I'll find your spot, and I'm gonna swing my hatchet for his neck. Pink! <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> Backs the door. At least I got his attention. <laughs> Tylor, you feel somewhat rejuvenated, um, as you are restored five hit points. You're not entirely quite sure where that came from, but uh, in the frenzy of battle, uh, I don't think you are one to argue about it. Certainly not going to complain. Beardy is going to turn to you, Tylor, and he raises his glaive and swings at you. You think you were safe as the first one goes wide, but uh, he reverses it back and it tags you in the head hard, as in uh, natural 20 hard. Oh, shit. Uh, You take 10 slashing damage. That hurt. That was a that was a big hit that I saw? Yes. Like real big? Yep. Okay, I'll have to cast Coronial Shift then, which is a re-roll on, yeah, on your attack. And you are 16. That still hits, but his backswing doesn't catch you in the head like it did before. It's just a... And uh, glances off your, your, your shoulder blade there, and that is going to be one on the damage die. So four slashing damage, but I still need a constitution saving throw. Six. Yeah, that wound is, there's something about it. It's, uh, you're not sure. You've you've been poisoned before, uh, but this isn't poison. There's almost, you're surrounded by uh, things of, of the infernal like, and this wound just tracks with that type of theme. Um, so we are going to go with the little zappy zap guys. Mirmilnir, you take uh, four lightning damage, and I need a constitution saving roll. That's a four. There's something about how you... Yeah, he shocked you. It didn't really seem like a big deal, but now that thunderstorm that's raging around you... I don't know. If you had hair, it would be standing on end. (laughs) You're awfully, awfully concerned about the lightning element that's going on in the world around you right now. Uh, We're going to do another opposed athletics check there, Grom. Two again. You feel these gigantic clawed hands wrap around your waist, and you are ripped from your purchase. He throws you. Actually, he throws you at Vaxador. I want to try to tumble when I hit. We can do a dexterity save, and Vexdor is also going to do a dexterity save, which he fails miserably. 16. 
I will say with the 16, um, you knock Vaxador into the bushes. He goes ass over tea kettle, and you land kind of awkwardly, but you manage to not be prone. You are on your feet. And then he's going to take another trample at, and the pikeman is falls unconscious. And that brings us to Amir Mulnir. I'm going in for an unarmed strike, but this time I'm aiming at the little gremlin thing. It's a 17. That will hit. That's a 9. Nine damage? Yep. Yeah, you don't completely, like, turn him to mist, but uh, it, you definitely break his neck and he falls to the ground. And then I'm going to use another key point to do patient defense again. And then we were at these guys, the uh, dragon-esque. All of a sudden, unnatural darkness comes over the battlefield. I don't like it. And now everybody within the radius of those black circles is engulfed in magical darkness that will be their turn and so lat gain i'm in that uh but yes you are in that so i will just stumble backwards until i can see again and then i will move to the other window okay i will cast sapping sting at the closest fairy guy to me and that's a constitution saving throw that is a two yeah that hits so that is that's a two but you fall prone it drops to the ground lifeless. Yeah, after your uh, magic missiles, they really only have a couple hit points. I thought that looked pretty small. Ardrar is going to... Actually, Ardrar is going to say, Well, I sure don't like it when I can't see. And he casts a spell, and that sphere of darkness is gone. That's better. Yeah, that was definitely no good. The blue and yellow feathered massive bird swoops down from the sky and grabs this guy. Picks him up, carries him about 20 feet up in the air, and drops him. Hopefully not on top of me. And the black-skinned dragon-esque corrupted dragon form that you see before you lands hard on the cobblestone for max damage. You see talon wounds and bludgeoning effects uh, from where he was dropped. And now we are... We're back to Grum. Oh, you're not getting rid of me that easy. As I landed low to the ground, I'm going to drag my bone hatchet against the stone for just a second as I start to turn and run at him. And as soon as I get to the edge of where he was in that darkness, I'm going to dive and chop. Okay, you actually can kind of see, you know, you see his shoulder emerge and whatever. So oh, you at least sinking my hatchet into that. Uh, 13 for the hatchet, for the bite. 13. Yeah, you come flying into the into the melee there. You can try this one if you want. You feel your hatchet go tink. Fair. Um, are you trying to hang on to him? Yeah. Okay. Well, your hatchet didn't gain to purchase, but you have an offhand. So let's have a let's just have a straight dexterity just to see if you. Seventeen. You feel your your fingers catch. There's something about kind of the bone plating on him that you have a hold of a piece of his chest. They made and, him out of a ladder. And here's something interesting, Grom. As you enter that sphere of darkness, you expect to go in fighting blindly. Your yes, your hatchet glances off, and your hand happens to find purchase. But you realize you look around, and the light—it's not hurting your eyes anymore. And what else is you can see? everybody in here. Oh, baby. Alright, Vaxador is going to uh, climb out of the barberry bush that he was knocked into. Sorry, Vaxador. <laughs> He's like, I swear I told him not to plant these here. 
It's going to be worth one hit point worth of damage. Uh, so he's going to spend the moment regaining himself. Here comes two glaive swings. Uh, there's a stabby and a slashy. And Tylor, you are hit for four hit points worth of damage. Grinzander, he backs out of the sphere of darkness and almost trips over the, uh, the, the prone monster that little mister has thrown on the ground there and almost as an afterthought he's like oh and sinks his rapier into him um and into that broken body the most polite murder i've seen (laughs) (laughs) and the guards are going to take another shot actually the one on the left there isn't quite sure what to do with that big black spherical darkness uh so he kind of holds his shot but the arbalist off to the side takes a pot shot at one of the pixies and they uh very easily flitter away tyler I'm attacking. Beardy or Zappy? Beardy. That's going to be a four. He deftly parries your blade. Um, I would like to attempt a second attack. Oh, oh shit. How about an 18? Uh, 18, much better. It's going to be five damage. Yeah, he parries your blade, your first attack out of the way, and he thinks he's good, but then you uh, repost and uh, go ahead and sink your sword into him for a five, you said? Mm-hmm. That brings us to the Zappy Zappy. Uh, so, Tylor, uh, you are hit with only two hit points of uh, lightning damage, but I need a constitution roll. Thirteen. Yep, you shake off the uh, the concern there. And then, Mirmalnir, um, uh, I rolled an eighteen and a two. Disadvantage because of the darkness, so you are fine. And now, that brings us to Big Dude. So, he's going to try to grum, grab your wrist, and dislodge you. That is a two on the die, so... How would you like to oppose that? It doesn't matter because that's a natural twenty. I see well, there. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna dodge his clumsy grab and I'm gonna climb up behind him. You know, I'd say with a natural twenty, uh, yeah, you can go ahead and take that uh, moment to reposition. He's gonna take a tail swipe at Tylor. Nope. Okay. He whips it out there and nothing happens. So yes, now Mirmalnir, you are in darkness. I'm going to. We're gonna use Step of the Wind to disengage. You can spend one key point to take the disengage or dash action as a bonus action on your turn, and your jump distance is doubled for the turn. I'm going to take a swing and then... 19? Disadvantage. Oh, yeah. 10? No, 10's not going to do it. And then you're going to bonus action. Yep, disengage. I'm going to back out of the darkness and work my way to the house. Yep, you can get to the door if you want. Okay. Yeah, I'll head to the door. Mirmalnir separates himself from the action and moves back to the doorway of the house. And that brings us to some pixies. Three, four, two. There's some arrows flying around. You don't really know what's going on. You know, two of them have, have beef with each other, and so they're just like... Choo, choo, choo. <laughs> All right, uh, this guy is flailing around uh, with disadvantage. Oh, he actually connects with Felmy, the guy. So she's going to take some damage. And now we're back to a light again. So after seeing the pixies shoot at each other, I will kind of maybe even sit on this so I can see out this window at this angle. I might be able to see this creature. Yes, Beardy. Uh, roll me a acrobatics to make sure you don't fall out the window. Dex, so 17? Yeah, as long as you didn't get a natural one, you're going to be good. So. Yes, you have line of sight. Line of sight, perfect. He's about uh, 30 feet away. I would like to cast Sapping Sting. Constitution saving throw. Constitution DC of? 14. All right, he has a saving throw con of plus four, and I rolled a nine, so he got a 13. So you take three points of necrotic damage and fall prone. 
that will be my turn. Tyler, are you are engaging this abomination before you? Serpentine threads of his beard, a glaive that is whipping back and forth, and all of a sudden, poof, he is on his ass. Nice. The bearded entity falls prone, and Ardra steps in and just comes down and blasts him in the face with a small club. The blood spurts. It looked like it hurt. On Ardrar's turn, the giant bird that's flying around. If anybody would like to make a perception roll, just for funsies. That's a nat one. I got a nat one as well. <laughs> it's a 12. I'm too distracted by watching this guy get clubbed by Ardvar. Murray, you look out. You have this big sphere of darkness that you're looking through. You see this blue and yellow flash of feathers come. Oh, disappeared behind the darkness and... Not quite sure what happened behind the darkness, but man, he came through there in a hurry. And now we're back to Grom. So I've got a hold on this thing, huh? I'm going to try to sink my jaws into the back of his neck. 23. That will connect. You find some sort of chink in his armor. 12 damage. I want to try to hold on. Well, he thrashes significantly when you bite in for that much on the back of his neck. (laughs) I would imagine I'm making friends. Is that it? I have another attack, but... I would like to use that instead to hold on. Um, if you want to hold that uh, when it is his turn, if he tries to dislodge you, I'll give you advantage on that roll since you kind of doubled down and wanted to hang on. Um, that brings us to Vaxador. I would even be stoked with damage upon him ripping my jaws out of his neck. All right, we'll see there in, in six turns here. All right, Vaxador has regained his feet. This scimitar that's about four feet in length and just bathed in light appears next to beardy here and takes a swipe at him a spiritual weapon in case anybody is too terribly curious about that and that scimitar actually manages to cut a few tendrils of his beard off well beardy has to regain his feet so he's going to spend half his movement doing that and then uh, he's going to take a furious swing at ardrar and a furious swing at tylor you are hit for eight damage Ouch. Yeah, he got you. He was swinging that glaive left and right when he got to his feet and uh, tagged you. Grinzander. I think Grinzander's just going to kind of take a step back and uh, confer with Vaxador. Yeah, there's not an immediate threat that he can hop into. Um, he's got a big, pretty good front line going there. He doesn't want to step into the darkness. He's just going to take a step back and put a hand on Vaxador's shoulder and uh, say some encouraging words to him. The guard's turn. Uh, Felmy is in the darkness fighting for her life. K-Paul, he's going to jockey around the edge of the uh, the darkness here and shoot an arrow over that pixie and actually hit it. Another pixie goes down. And that brings us to Tylor. Am I able to see the giant horse thing that Grom's attached to? Um, I feel right now. So basically imagine like this darkness and you see Grom. (laughs) 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 Is he within striking range? I think if you take one step in that direction, then yes. Okay, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to attack the beard thing on the ground again. He actually got up, so... Oh, right. Still. Oof. Miss. I could do commander strike. I don't have to hit for that. Um, So I'm going to choose Grom, and it's going to give Grom an extra attack. Oh, hell yeah. And so he just attacks now, right? Yep, he attacks now, and whatever he rolls, if he hits, I get to add my superiority dice to damage. All right. Yeah, take another chomp on the back of his neck there. Reposition your jaw and crunch. 14. Oh, that 
just doesn't do it. Damn it. That would be my turn. A little zappy zappy coming up. Uh, you feel something grab your butt, Tyler. And then, that's four lightning damage, and I need a constitution saving throw. Oh, five. You're also very aware of the smell of ozone in the air and the thunderstorm raging around you. Grom, he is done trying to extricate you from him. You have two just claw attacks. Bring it, Mary. He reaches back, and he just wants to sink in and tear you apart. One kind of glances off, the other one sinks into your back. He deals 11, that's not reduced yet, uh, slashing damage. He's going to bring his tail up as well, and you feel something significant pierce your back as his tail sinks into you for 23 slashing damage. So if you're raging, go ahead and have that. And you all hear just a deafening roar emit from that darkness. Miramonir. I'm going to use my breath weapon toward uh, Beardy. What's the range on that? I think it's a 15-foot cone. You killed everybody. Good job. They all die. So you could hit Beardy. You could hit Zappy. You could hit uh, Big Dog. But you would risk hitting Tyler. Yeah, I'm just going to go for it. Let me get this straight. You're over there breathing your dragon breath all over my wife. (laughs) You've seen me take scalps for this shit before. (laughs) I'll buy you no more dinners. (laughs) The DC for the saving throw is 8 plus your constitution modifier, your proficiency bonus. So DC is 10? Yep. And that's half damage? Yep. Well, you roll damage, and then I'm going to roll, and it's a constitution save? Yes. So, Tyler, go ahead and roll a con save. Good luck, doll. Oh, how about 17? Yeah. That's five. Oh, that's not bad at all. So, Tyler, take two damage, and I will mark here accordingly. Uh, anything else, Mirabelnir? No, that's it. All right, how many pixies we got left here? This one's just going to be all getting this guy's face and be like... So they're having a little skirmish over here. It's a little skirmish over there with uh, Mr. Arbalist. Uh, he's just trying to, I don't know, looks like he's trying to fight with a wasp. Uh, we are two of that game. How is Beardy looking right now? Beardy is looking pretty worse for the wear. So once again, I will grab onto my cloak and I will fire a magic missile level one. So only two missiles fire. That I will do one at Beardy and one at the little lightning creature who's harassing my friends, but I suppose I will roll a two on my dice and fall asleep. You suppose correctly. Do my magic missiles go at least? <laughs> at least you're in a comfortable place to have a nap this time. Do I fall on the bed? Can I roll for a bed fall? You know what? Yeah, I'll let the magic missiles go off. So roll damage. So two, three, and five. You, you can roll for bed fall. Hope you land on the bed and not out the window. Out the window, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, let's have a dexterity roll. Ooh, net 19. Yeah. 21. Landed under the covers. That's a baller move. Did he end up with slippers on? <laughs> the fuck did this happen? Nobody sees me sleeping. It's okay. I, sw- I swear there was a dragon in that window a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our drawer is just throwing down note. Our drawer steps up to Beardy and says, You know, yeah, you, you really don't belong here. And he plunges his hand into his beard and grabs two of the tendrils and just rips them off and throws them from him. I never would have guessed you had that in you. Well, you know, I like to like to keep the people guessing. A little mister, you wanna you wanna jump in here? And at that point, that gigantic bird comes swooping down again and 
there's a whole melee there with Grom swinging around on Mr. Defiled Centaur there. Both you and Ardrar are flanking Beardy on either side. And then here comes this big 15-foot wingspan bird trying to come down in here and just claws into his chest, one claw into his chest, one claw into his back. You are actually, both you and Ardrar, uh, take a step back to give little mister a little bit of room and picks Beardy up off the ground a good 15, 20, 25 feet and then shifts its position and tucks its wings and dives into the ground and then blasts him into the cobblestone and then takes off again. You hear Ardrar say, Oh yeah, that's my boy. And you look down and you see Beardy blood pouring from his mouth. He's not quite dead, but he's on his last leg. And that will bring us to Grom. Well, I'm going to try to sink my hatchet in the other side of his neck and bite on the back of his neck. Hatchet is a 24. That will connect. And the bite, an 11. The bite, not so much. Uh, I would like to, I don't know if you'd allow me to kind of hold my movement, but I want to kind of feel this thing for whenever it starts to send its tail back in, and I want to try to dodge that, see if I can get to stab itself. I feel like that would be uh, a, a held action. A held action. All right, I'll hold my action next time on that. Again, Vaxador is back speaking with Grinsander. They both uh, had a moment of when little mister slammed Beardy into the ground. They both were like, <laughs> but now trying to jockey their way into a position to where they can do something. Vaxdor's kind of moved up here to see what he can do, and it's not quite. Beardy's going to try to stand up. He doesn't. He tries to lift himself up. His leg, his broken leg, kind of gives out from under him and slumps back down and coughs some blood all over his chest. And Grinzander moves up about uh, next to Vaxdor again. And maybe Tylor, Mirmelmir, maybe Grom. Definitely not Latgain can hear him say... Well, any idea what to do about that? As we see pieces of Grom in and out of the darkness. Preferably get rid of that darkness. So the guards... Uh, yep, so this guy finally puts that guy down. Capel is uh, kind of moving back to here. They're not quite sure. They don't really want to go in the darkness. And they're not quite sure what's in there. With my arms wrapped around this thing's neck, I want to whisper into its ear. So let me get this straight. Your plan was to come in here and get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, it's your turn. I'm actually going to try and, if possible, swing in the direction that the horse thing and Grom are in. That's a 10 to hit. I was going to say roll with disadvantage, but uh, that pretty much sums that up. Don't worry, love. I've got him surrounded. I think that'll do it. A lightning bolt comes shooting out of the darkness towards, actually, Grinzander's area, and I'll get a reflex save on him. No, it's full in the side. Wait, Grinzander just got hit with a fucking lightning bolt? Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, yes, um, we should probably do something about that. <laughs> and then say that, but dude bursts forth, boom, he barrels, Grom is hanging on to his torso, but he barrels into Tylalore and Beardy, trampling Beardy, killing him. <laughs> Tylalore, you take 19 bludgeoning damage and roll me in athletics uh, to see whether or not you are knocked prone. I'm unconscious. That puts me at negative two. So here comes a flurry of hooves. One steps firmly onto Beardy's head, crushing his skull. And there's a little bit of a rear up where there's just a thwack, thwack, and a stomp. And Tylor is down. And that brings us to Mirmelnir. I'm going to close the distance and try and make a strike at it. That's a 20. That will hit. 
That's an eight. And then I'll use my last key point to use the uh, step of the wind to disengage once more. Okay. It's totally expecting stunning strike. Actually, yeah. Er, yeah, fury of blows. That first one's a uh, 20 plus something. That one's a 20. They both hit. Roll damage. That's a seven. And that's a six. The thing looks a little punch drunk. Mr. Black Dragonborn is going to work his way this way. The darkness moves, and you guys hear some fighting within. And Latgain, let's have a wisdom saving throw. You said that was a Black Dragonborn? It's not a Dragonborn. Okay, it's I was going to say, I, just, I didn't clock that in the beginning. No, it's black skin, Dragonborn-esque, cor- corrupted Dragonborn-looking thing. That is a what saving throw? Wisdom. That is a 12. I'm going to go ahead and say you wake up. It's good. I'll kind of roll out onto the bed and be very groggy. I get to the window and I'm just too groggy to see, but there is much blood and chaos. Erdwer says, well, that's about enough of that. And the darkness dissipates. Grom? I saw my wife go down. Perception. 12. Perception with disadvantage, since you are pretty occupied right now. <laughs> that tracks. So, no, you didn't. Well, wrapped around its horns, I'm going to hold my action for whenever it tries to throw that tail blade at me. And I want to try to move out of the way and grab it and slam it into its neck. I try to move out of the way and help it along. So Vaxador and Grenzander move to engage this guy. A black-skinned uh, Grenzander lands a very well-placed rapier blow. By well-placed, I mean natural 20. And Vaxador doesn't do as well as Grenzander, but manages to put that one down. So the bowman and the arbalist kind of move to close distance, and then we are to Tylalor, who I need a death saving throw from. You want higher than a 10. Do I add anything to that? Nope. Okay, so I got a 9. So you have one fail so far. Three fails, you're dead. Three successes, you're stabilized. Well, shit. <laughs> Don't roll in that one. Yes. Crit- critical fail is two fails. Horsey guy is going to take two claw attacks at you, Grom. One misses, one sinks in for 10 damage. Slashing. And then he's going to take the serrated tail attack again once more, which is, I believe, what you were holding your action for. After modifier, rolled a 22. So I think let's have a dexterity saving throw with advantage. Ooh, uh, that'll be a 23. Okay, yep, you anticipate that stabby stabby coming in at you, and you easily step to the side. So I feel like an athletics check is, and I'll give you advantage on that too, because you were waiting for it. 14. You're you're able to steer it, not into a critical spot, but you're able to steer it into a place where it might do a little extra damage. So I'm going to roll damage. 2d10 plus 5. So that's going to be 16 damage. Quit hitting yourself. This thick, fleshy blade-type appendage blasts into the back of it. And for a second, it takes one more reach back at you with its right arm, and it reach back with its left arm, and then it collapses to the ground. Aye. That serrated tail strike was enough to kill it by two hit points. One tiny little goblin left. You're my bitch. <laughs> Roll me an acrobatics to see how you land. Uh, 23? Oh, no problem. You, like, blade landing off of that thing. Mirmalnir. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna run over and just try and punt him like a football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gonna go for a freaking running kick. It's a 16. And that's an 8. You'd separate limbs from torso. And that will take us out of combat. 
That is the closest I have ever come to death. Uh, well, I'm kind of... Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry about this. Uh, one last, I need to make one last roll here. Right as Murray punts the little goblin, little gremlin from the face of this planet. Thunder sounds and a lightning bolt from the sky. Right into Murray. Oh, God. At the same time as the kick, so really, like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's explosion of sparks, and this is real lightning, so sorry about this, but you take 23 lightning damage. Holy shit. No! That's a negative 20 for me. Well, but what's your hit points? Like, your total hit points? 24. And it was 23? Yeah, almost instant. Yeah, so so if you have 24 hit points total, if something drops you below with one hit, below negative 24, you're just dead. But since you're at negative 20, now you're just unconscious, and we do the death save thing. We have a vengeful god. <laughs> a vengeful god. So. He's like, I've got a really nice idea. I'm going to make these little, these little shitty monsters. There Make anyone? you attract lightning. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Doesn't help I'm seven feet tall and basically a lightning rod already. Well, I can't drag him inside. I couldn't even move a cart. So, at that lightning strike, you hear Grinzender say, Oh, good heavens. Well then, is that it? Tyler Lord! I'm gonna rush to her side, grab her, and start dragging her into the house. Everybody starts moving towards the house and everything. Somebody gonna grab Murray? Who could? <laughs> I was gonna say, he ain't gonna get me. I breathed on you. <laughs> You're the reason she's down. You're well, what, negative two? Negative two. Yeah. Uh, You're the reason she's down. <laughs> if it weren't for that two hit points, I would have been at That's zero. That's actually true. Yeah. yeah. Which you'd still be unconscious, but yeah. I see you, Murray. Nobody said you got hit by lightning. I saw what you did. That was God punishing you. <laughs> I told you not to do it. Your conscience over here. <laughs> Got what you deserve. <laughs> Same team. Making our way down downstairs. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yep. So everybody's gathering in the foyer. You guys see uh, a small little blue and yellow feathered bird <laughs> land on Ardra's shoulder. I don't see anything. I'm gonna try my best to stop her bleeding. Hey, roll medicine. Pressure on wounds. Is, uh, maybe I can do this. 14. Vaxdor walks in and says, oh, that's not good. And Tyler, you are back up to six hit points. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank As goodness. He kneels down and puts his hand on your forehead, seemingly casts a spell, looks up, he says, all right, are we all accounted for? <sighs> There's Murray down out of sight in the lightning strike. Let's have a death saving throw there, Murray. That's uh, 12. All right, so that's one success. I say that as I'm coming down the stairs, I imagine I heard him say that. What, Mur- Murray? Oh, the the big one. Yes, where is he? He's outside. I just keep walking down the stairs, and I'm heading towards him now. Go, go. Oh, being the helpful guy that he is, I'm going to come out and help drag Murray into the foyer. Did you guys win? I, I wouldn't count it a win when you've been dropped. Are you okay? Well, I'm alive. It's better than where I could be. Murray, you're at two hit points now, and you are awake. Thanks to Vaxador. I got a 14. He's just returning the favor. Well, I'll tell you what, that was a right bit exciting there. (sighs) I can't believe we brought this much trouble to you. My apologies. This makes me think we need to leave immediately. I don't not believe there is time for a trip into town for the supplies. Um, considering the price on our heads, I need some healing before we go anywhere. 
Just saw my life flash between my eyes. If we get into another battle, I'm useless. Can you sleep when the cards had a full run there, doll? I mean, I've been a soldier before. Sleep, you sleep where you can. Well, after looking out there, I'm guessing this ain't the place. I say we get the car ready as soon as possible. Contender says, I don't know if it'll be a full two weeks rations, but I certainly can uh, outfit you to yeah, get as far as we can. Will you be okay here, Grinzander? I think so. Looks like you're going to be needing new guards. Yeah, such is the nature of uh, that occupation. Who's got the biggest sword here? My wife? Uh, yes. I'm going to need this for a second, love. May I borrow it? Of course. I'm going to snag her sword and I'm going to head out the doors. Um, is that pack available? Was that left on the table? Yeah, it's on the table in the dining room. Go grab that before I head outside. Mr. Grinzander, um, sorry, but is it possible that you have some components for for spills? Like I am very dire need, especially of uh, the silver. If you have some silver powder, I, I might have. Silver powder? Uh, shavings of silver, yes. Oh, I think we can probably fig- uh, figure something out. So this would be very appreciated, and I ramble off a few other spell components that I might need. Well, so certainly we can set you up with oh, that. Thank you, thank you. Yes, as is apparent, we have some dabblers within the within the estate. I'm sure they uh, will have no, no trouble helping you out. The question, who is the most likely person or company to be leaving the town, the city of yours? You know their symbol that I might uh, put onto the court. Mm, let me think on that a moment. You raise a good point. Obviously, travelers come and go on the daily, but coming out to the the north up Cliff Gate, yeah, perhaps we can slap some emblem that uh, Aconitum Falls is uh, known for on to perhaps uh, garner you less trouble. Yes, let me think on that a moment. Well, I'm uh, out there. I'm gonna take the head of this thing. A couple choice bones for making some new weapons. The top of the stairs, here's some footsteps. near you see at the top of the stairs, uh, the banister there that you see Valerie come up and she's holding Nerma. Nerma says, are we safe? For now. Murray looks pretty beat up right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, I would, I'd like to cast Minor Illusion and just make it look like he's not beat up. Uh, say I'm probably a little crispy, got a couple extra holes in me. If I turned around and saw her first, I would like to have done that. Can I roll for it, maybe? Yeah, roll perception. 18 on the dice plus... Okay, uh, so 20. Yeah, with the 20, you almost, as you were descending the stairs, you kind of saw them come out, peek out, whatever, so you kind of knew they were coming. Yep, no problem with the minor illusion. And, uh, Grom, you can finish up your dirty work. And Finally, some bones to crack. I believe it's time to say goodbye, Murdy. It is, uh, I believe it's time to go. I'm gonna... Run up the stairs to Nerma, give her a hug, tell her to be safe, don't lose my necklace, save some food for me when I get back, and I'm ready to go. You do that, she says, I'll never lose this necklace. And she throws her arms around your neck and just hugs you fiercely. Grinzander, hmm? I wish that you would uh, make it a point to teach that one to be handy with a blade. Put her through some self-defense. Oh. She seems to be a, well, your daughter as well. City's full of vipers. Let's give these girls some teeth. Indeed. Now, let's get you outfitted so we can uh, get you on the road. I thank you, Grinzander. This has been Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D podcast, a Peace in the Chaos production. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, work hard and be kind. <laughs>